Man, I, does anyone just love the Lord? And does anyone just love Matt Mason, too? Can we just, man. I, um, you know, when he asked me to come, you know, he, the, the announcement was made about the gathering, different things. You know, I'm a youth pastor. I said, I don't know, play dodgeball? I don't know. You know, I, I've never been a lead pastor. But, um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to bring the word. And I have to tell you that um, before I even get, you know, preaching with the word, you know, uh, I just want to show honor to you, uh, Pastor Matt. I, I know I'm telling everyone something they know. I see some familiar faces and some new faces. But uh, Pastor Matt and his wife, Shanna, are just... Um, just such amazing people. And I think the great thing about the kingdom of God is when you have relationship with people, you get to see how God continuously uses them and blesses them. And I can tell you the Masons are the real deal. And I'm thankful what's happening and taking place and at the gathering. And as we are worshiping, um, what's happening here is special. It really is. And I think sometimes we can come together and we can be a part of a church and say, like, yeah, it's just church. It's what we, yeah, it's what we do. But no, the gathering, something, God is doing something special here. And I was just sensing that. And even as I was worshiping and, and looking at the wonderful display here, and I was told that this was, you know, created here in the house, I thought, this is a picture of the gathering, right? That this right here, right? It was people brought these things together from their, their home, I was told, and put it together. And this is what the church of God is. Sometimes you feel like, like, I'm, I'm a plant killer. Where are my plant killers at? Like, all right, come on, right? I've tried everything. I've tried praying. I tried to wave my Bible over it, nothing, all right? Like, I cannot keep a plant alive. Someone literally told me, they said, maybe you're just a plastic plant guy. I said, how dare you? You just spoke that over my life. Just, just like so nonchalantly, like I can't keep a plant alive, right? So some of you might feel like, man, I, I'm, you know, I'm a small part of this. I'm not something pretty like a flower or anything else. But right, when we come together, right, when we come together as the body of Christ, that's when great things take place. And so this morning, I want to just bring the word. And if you are taking notes, uh, the title of this message on the screen there is called Living on a Prayer. All right, so some of those of a certain age remember the great psalmist, Brother Bon Jovi, and for those of you who don't know who Bon Jovi is, you can Google it later, but the man was ahead of his time. The man was ahead of his time. But I want to talk about prayer, and I thought it'd be fitting after we just celebrated Easter and, and celebrate what God has done. I like to say this about prayer. Prayer changes everything, and most times it begins inside of us. If you, are, if you have your Bible with you, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. We're going to go to verse 15. This is called the Lord's Prayer. It's a familiar passage of scripture. If you've grown up in church, you've probably heard it many times before. But I want to just preach from this text this morning. And so if you could follow along with me, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. It says, When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have the reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I'm going to pause right there. Isn't that comforting to know that our Father in heaven knows what we need before we even ask them, right? And all the parents who have teenagers in the room, you already know, like, you know when your kid wants something. You don't, you can see it from a mile away. They're like, they need money. I can feel it. I feel that spirit of money just coming right to my wallet, right? 
They're probably not like, you don't even take out your wallet. Just Apple pay me. It's fine, right? It'll be quicker. It'll be easier, right? Less transactions, right? Our Heavenly Father's like that. That when we come into this house, he knows what we need before we even ask him. Because we have a Father who's in tune with our lives. Continuing on. It says in verse 9, pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your father will not forgive your transgressions. Before I get to my three points this morning, I want to talk about why prayer is important. One thing you have to know about me, I promise you, I try to be the most down-to-earth, real person that I can be because that's who I believe Jesus was. And so when we talk about prayer, especially when pastors talk about prayer, it always kind of comes across very like a very um, simple message of like, of course you're going to talk about prayer and how prayer is important. But it's really, really vital for all of us as believers in Jesus Christ. So why is prayer important? Prayer brings perspective. Our perspective and God's perspective don't always line up. Isn't that the truth? Right, that sometimes we come in and we just say, God, you need to see things the way that I see them. But God is saying, listen, I have a different view than you have. And this is where we have to trust God with our issues, our problems, our struggles. Prayer brings perspective to your life. The second reason why prayer is important is because prayer, and this is a scary one, prayer reveals what's in your heart. Woo-wee. Sometimes your heart's a messy place, isn't it? Wouldn't it be nice if just sometimes you just prayed those nights? Sometimes your prayers are just like, God, what's going on? <laughs> sometimes you don't have the religious words. But I want to tell you, when you pray, it reveals what's in your heart. I like to say it like this. Remember, God can't bless who you pretend to be, and God can't heal what you refuse to let go. So, right, we can, all of us, myself included, hand raised, right, we can come and, and pretend like, well, I have it all together. Bless God, I have my, 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 my coffee-sized uh, Bible here, you know, coffee table-sized Bible with me. Like, people know I'm serious about it. I'm serious about the word of God, right? We can come in, but inside there might be things going on, challenges within our lives, right? There's maybe things that God is asking us to let go, but we're still holding on to them. Prayer helps us. It guides us. It strengthens us in this life. But the third reason why prayer is important, probably the most important, is because Jesus prayed. If Jesus, the Son of God, took time to pray, right? If, if Jesus said, yo, I got to pray, right? He's walking this earth. He's dealing with people. He's thinking, mate, y- y'all are crazy. I just need some time to pray. I need some time away, right? The scriptures show he would go away from people. He would pray. He would spend time. And that's another reason why we should pray and why it's important. And he taught us how to pray. But listen, when you begin to understand how prayer changes you from the inside, I believe you'll see these three things. And these are the three points I want to focus on this morning. I believe that you will understand that prayer is personal. Prayer is obedience. And prayer is forgiveness. Prayer is personal. Prayer is obedience. And prayer is forgiveness. Now, 
Prayer is many things, but I want to focus on these three. So when I say prayer is personal, I, I believe this. This is, I don't know the theology on this, but I believe that nothing will call you to personal prayer like your family. Right? You, you, can, you can feel so close to God, and you can feel so on point, and then maybe you go through a life, like you get married, and you're like, what? Hmm, okay, this is challenging all the Jesus inside me. Right, all the husbands are standing still like, not me, baby. Not, this, this pastor's crazy. He don't know what he's talking about. Me and you, we, we good. Right? Maybe you feel like, man, my marriage is great. It's going great. And then you have kids. Woo! I'll open up the altars right now for myself on that. But it challenges you. It takes you to a new place where you're saying, God, there are things that are happening in my life that are beyond my control, right? I, you know, when I was first married, it's like I love a, a full schedule. I love running and going and going. And, and, you know, when I got married, I'm like, my wife loves this too, right? She loves going, you know, a million miles a minute, right? She does not. Right? And I remember just thinking, like, man, if, if, if my wife could only see things the way that I see them, life would be so much better. I'm thankful for my wife because she helps me, right? God, you know, bless me with a wonderful wife that helps me grow as a person, as a follower of Jesus Christ. I made prayer about everything around me changing instead of asking God to make the change in me. Instead of saying, oh, if she can see things my way or if this can go wide, or this way or, or if my kids could do this. But our prayer should be, God, help me be a better husband. Help me be a better father. Help me to be a better friend, a better son. Prayer is personal. It's not about everything around us changing. I wanted God to move heaven and earth for my request, but God is much more interested in moving my heart to his will. Right? Your name is not Aladdin and God is not a genie. You don't rub the lump and say, God, this is what I need. Make it happen. Be great. I'll put a little something extra in the offering plate Sunday morning. A little extra tip. It's not how it works. But when we pray, God moves our heart towards his will. I believe that when we have these personal prayers, these private prayers, I say like this. Private prayers produce righteous results. Private prayers produce righteous results. Jesus tells us in this passage of scripture that people who pray openly for attention will have the reward. But when we pray in private, he will reward us openly. You can get real in your private time like you can nowhere else. There are times where my prayer time in the car, I drive a lot. My prayer time in the car is very real. Because you can have that time with God to really express what's on your heart. You have that time, that space. I think as believers, you know... Let's not get caught up in the religious mindset of like prayer looks like I'm kneeling at my bedside. My, you know, my, my hands are clasped. I'm saying, oh, Father God, who out in heaven, hear your servant, Nathaniel, as I call out to you. Right? If I'm going to kneel down next to my bed at nighttime, I'm falling asleep 100%, no doubt. Right? But prayer is that time we're saying, God, like, I, I'm just pulling away from distractions. I'm pulling away from things, and I, I want to hear from you. I want to share my heart with you. Your private prayers produce those righteous results in your life. 
you know, put it to you like this. You know, I don't know if Pastor Matt likes, you know, Starbucks or there's a thing that he's into. But, you know, for all my Starbucks people out there, right, if you have your app, right, you get your stars, you get your rewards, right, it feels super great. Like, yeah, man, I got a free pastry coming my way. All right, here we go, right? Or Panera, whatever it is. Um, you know, if Pastor Matt was, was you know, we're, we're friends. We're friends. I, I, you know, he said it. It's on record. He said it. And so he can't take it back. <laughs> If we went to Starbucks and, and Pastor Matt was in front of me and, and he took out his app for Starbucks and it said, hey, I got a free pastry coming, you know, or I got a free coffee. And I just stepped in and said, oh, man, I love cake pops. Thanks. And I went to go for it. I think Pastor Matt would say, Nate, I love you, but you ain't getting my pastry. That's my pastry. That's my coffee. Those are his rewards. Those are things that had, he had coming to him. But sometimes we'll do that in church. We'll look at other people's blessings and say, well, God's blessing them, or how come God's doing that for them? And we want to step in and receive other people's rewards. But we haven't put in the private time of saying, God, change me. God, this is going on. Because it's always easier to say, well, God just cares about everyone else, but he doesn't care about me. But you don't know maybe the time that that person's been praying and seeking God's face for an answer. Prayer aligns us to God's will. Personal prayer times bring alignment. In verse 10, it says, Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, in Luke, chap in Luke chapter 9, verse 25, it says this, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. When we start praying, God's going to do some shifting and moving in our lives. When we pray, we better be ready to respond to what God wants to do. Because God isn't going to move everything around you. But we have to be able to take action. You know, I love this about the Lord. I talk about aligning to God's will. Here's one of my favorite things about the Christian faith. Is that Jesus has never asked us to do anything that he hasn't done himself. So Jesus doesn't say, prayer's a good idea, you should do it, I won't. Serving people is an idea, you should do it, but I won't. Jesus didn't say, lay down your life as a living sacrifice, you know, like lay it down, right? But, but I'm not going to. He did it. He was obedient to the point of death as we just celebrated this past Easter. Easter. So when we talk about aligning ourselves to God's will, I want to challenge you with this. There's become moments in your life where what you believe and what you pray are going to intersect. Now, what I mean by that is there are times that you can grow up in church, you can sit in all the services, and you say, I believe this, but you don't pray what you believe. Well, I believe God can heal, but if he wants to do it, he'll do it. No, 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 no. If we believe that, let's pray that. Okay. And then there's sometimes, listen, you can pray something, but you don't really believe it. Well, God, you know, my marriage isn't really going well, but, you know, I know you can fix things, I guess. But if you pray it, walk in that belief to say, I haven't seen the victory yet. I haven't seen any progress. 
But our response to God is not saying, God, I'm only moving till I see progress. You're saying, God, I'm, I'm moving based upon faith because I'm praying and I am believing for great things to happen. That's where we need to be. Right. We want to say, I prayed once and God didn't do it. That's not how it works. You say, I will pray. I will seek his face. I will keep going because I believe that even if things don't work out the way I think they should or how I hope they should, I am going to stand firm upon my faith in Jesus Christ. Even for Jesus, there was a time coming but what, that what he taught, right, what he taught, how he told people to pray and what he believed was going to intersect, which brings me to my next point is prayer is obedience. Prayer is obedience. It's one of the things as sons and daughters of God that we can give our heavenly father. He does not need our talents. Hear me. Jesus is not Im impressed by our, our giftings. He's not thinking, oh, my goodness. Nate Ortiz, man, he just speaks so well. No, no, he's not impressed by that. He's impressed because I'm his son. In the natural, right, my, my, my boys, I love them because they're my sons. I care for them because they're my my sons, and I don't need things from them. But do you know the one thing that they can give me is obedience. And that's the one thing that God asks from us is our obedience. Right? God's not asking how much, you know, how much did you give? You need to do more. Like, no, no. It's our obedience. So that when we pray and God says, this is what we're moving, are you obedient to that? Prayer is framed by obedience, not convenience. Prayer is framed by obedience, not convenience. I can tell you, God challenged me about, I don't know, probably 10 years ago now, right? That what happens in church is how we pray for people or how I would pray for people. To not let that be regulated to church walls, but to say, how do I pray for my neighbor when I'm not here? How do I pray for people if I'm out of the store somewhere, right? What do we do in Christian culture now? It's like, you know, you talk to a cashier and say, man, I'm having a terrible day. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'll pray for you. And then maybe we don't even follow through and pray. But what if we were people who said, you know what? I'm going to pray for you here right now. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is teaching about prayer, right? We just read that passage of scripture. But if you go to the end of Matthew, Matthew 26, he is modeling what he taught in the middle of a difficult moment. Matthew 26, Jesus praying in the garden, right? This is right before he's going to be betrayed and he's going to be taken to be crucified. He's praying in the garden. And the text says that he is exceedingly sorrowful. I, I want to pause there. Because sometimes when we think about Jesus, right, we may have a vision of him. Like, depending on what area you grew up in church, like, Jesus is holding a lamb or something. Or Jesus is, like, smiling. It's like, oh, that's, that's why I picture I have Jesus. Or maybe, you know, we're in 20, you know, 22. Now you picture, like, the, the chosen Jesus. Where he's like, he's a cool-looking Jesus. I like this guy, right? Um, but however you, you, you might picture you don't picture Jesus as exceedingly sorrowful. That our Savior was in a place that maybe the disciples were just like, man, Jesus is like a real downer today, man. You're like exceedingly sorrowful. Bring this down. But here's Jesus about to be betrayed by someone he invested in. He's asking the people closest to him, hey, I'm going, like I said, I'm about to go through the most difficult thing I've done. I need you to stay awake and pray with me. 
You know what they did? They did not. They, they were not youth pastors because they would have not made a lock-in, okay? But in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, it says, the scripture says, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And I think how hard it must have been to pray in obedience of what God asked him to do. Jesus prayed for obedience to do the Father's will. Because in Matthew 6, this is how you should pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Right? That sounds great when you preach it to people, when there's not a real demand on that. But now he's in the garden saying, God, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, your will. I love this quote by St. Augustine. It says, pray as though everything depended on God and work as though everything depended on you. When we pray, let's be ready for action. Let's be ready for obedience. You know, as, a, as someone who works with a lot of youth, you'll, I'll get the question a lot of, how do you know if you hear in God's voice? Right? What does it sound like? You hear preachers all the time. I was praying, God spoke, and I heard this. And But you know God's voice when you begin to act. I think, I think God's asked me to buy this person's meal behind me today. I don't know. Is that God? Guess what? Worst case scenario, you bought someone a free lunch. You got someone free, that's worst case scenario. But there's a holy confidence that comes when you start being obedient, when you pray. Because if you aren't praying... Yeah, cool. God's not speaking anything to me. Yeah, because you're not praying. The last point is prayer is forgiveness. Going back to Matthew chapter 6, after Jesus says amen, right, he ends his prayer. But then he goes back to the forgiveness thing. Right? He, he mentioned it in his prayer. He's like, amen. But just one more time. Let's talk about forgiveness. Verse 14 and 15, he says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Love this quote I heard. It said, Unforgiveness is choosing to stay trapped in a jail cell of bitterness, serving time for someone else's crime. Prayer is forgiveness. It's hard to forgive people. It's, it's difficult. Maybe there's some people in this room that there's people who have done terrible things to you in your life. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it was just a, a family member. Just something that happened to you that was super difficult. Right? And in our hearts, we want to be angry towards people. We just feel like, ah. I can't believe they did this to me. I can't believe this happened. But when we pray, we have to have forgiveness on our mind and on our hearts towards people. People will let us down. People will hurt us. And Jesus understood that firsthand. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Forgiveness is the heart of our Father. So when we pray, 
we ask for forgiveness. Right? Maybe there's some of you you need to ask someone for forgiveness. Maybe some of you, it's, you know, forgiving someone. I think for Jesus, how difficult it must have been that he literally knows his, someone he walked with and was close with was going to betray him. And when Judas shows up, right, Judas greets him with a kiss so the guards would know this is who the man that you need to get. I can tell you this, the gathering. If I was Jesus in that scenario, and someone I invested in came to sell me out, I would have some choice words for them. I'm the only one, okay. But Jesus calls Judas what? Friend. Friend? Oh my goodness, Jesus, he, oh, that, like, how do you have instant forgiveness while someone's literally betraying you? Calls him friend. I know I'm not on that level of instant forgiveness. I know it because every time I step on a Lego in my house, it's all flesh, folks. It's all flesh. But I'm going to try it today. Like, friend, can you come please get these Legos even though I asked you? Son. <laughs> if you can just stand to your feet and if the worship team can come. I think prayer is a, and obviously I think it goes without saying, but it's something important as for all believers in this room, from the youngest to the oldest. That prayer isn't just religious words and just trying to drum up some emotional response. But prayer is something that we walk in, that we, that we do on a consistent basis. It's not one of those things where I do it in the morning to start my day and I do it at night when I end my day. But it's something in every moment of every day that we're praying and saying, God, right, help me. It's not the religious words of saying, well, I'm driving in the car and it's, you know, this, this is not the time to pray. Pray then. I'm about to go into this big meeting at work. I don't know what's going on. You know, pray right before you go in. Let's be people who live a lifestyle of prayer. Because our Father who is in heaven knows what we need before we even ask him. But I'm telling you this out of relationship, right? We don't just, we don't want to fall into, well, God knows. Try doing that with someone you care about, your spouse. They know I love them. I already told them. Hallmark doesn't make a card for that. They don't make a one-time card, like, for the rest of your life. Like, here's your one-time card, now you know for the rest of your life. Right? This is how we do it with God sometimes. God, you know I love you. I come to church every Sunday. What about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, Saturday? When we pray, it's personal. It's obedience and it's forgiveness. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to put out these two, two thoughts to you this morning. 
the first one is how is your prayer life and I want to talk to a, a couple aspects here for families when's the last time you prayed together as a family when's the last time a father looked at his kids and said hey, I'm going to pray for you or I'm going to pray for my spouse my prayer is personal but also prayer is for your family what does your prayer life look like is it something you just do in your separate ways or when you come to church I feel like God is calling us back to a place of prayer let's be open to that this morning come on don't make prayer an awkward thing in your family says, well, we only pray at dinner time and that's about it what if you start praying in the morning before your kids go to school and everyone goes to work and say, we need to pray because we need God on our side? What if you begin to pray for other things than just your meals? What can God do? And I feel like the other thing I want to talk about is the prayer of forgiveness. I believe there's some people in this room that you're carrying some things that God saying it's time to let go of it. It's time for healing to take place in your life. It's time for bitterness to go. It's time for you to stop focusing on what was and focus on what is right now. Come on, let's not get stuck in replaying things in our mind, but let's say, God, what are you doing? Lord, help me to forgive this person. Help me to free myself of this burden, of this, of this continual mindset of unforgiveness. But Father, help us to be like you. I just want you to think about those things. The worship team is going to lead us in a song. Pastor Matt will close us out. But listen, right now in this moment, don't just wait for it to pass. But make prayer personal this morning.